0: Welcome to From Beer to the Bible with your host, Urban Lee. Each week, you'll hear stories from Urban's road to sobriety and steps you can take to help you or a loved one find healing through Jesus Christ. Now, here's your host, Urban Lee.
1: Good evening. This is your host, Urban Lee, of From Beer to the Bible. You can find information about the book at com. You can support Hampton Ministries at hamptonministries.org. We started our conversation last week around If pastors and church leaders should drink alcohol or should they just refrain? So what we want to do this week is we're going to go to the word of God and see what it says about consumption of alcohol. Before we do that, let me anchor us in prayer. Father, we love you. And Father, enlighten our hearts, our ears and our eyes as we read the word of God around the consumption of alcohol. Give us your guidance and your direction, Father God, based on your word. In Jesus' name, we pray. Scott's gonna lead us off with scripture as it talks to helping those around you not stumble.
2: Thanks, Irvin. You know, they're, they're, and Paul in Corinthians, it's First Corinthians eight thirteen, kind of hits on this subject. He doesn't kind of, he does hit on this subject, but it was in the context of meat, and it was uh, wherefore, if meat may make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth lest I make my brother to offend. You know, I, I, in the context of whether it's meat or alcohol, it's what's in that, what's that thing that may cause a brother to stumble, and it, do I want to be the cause of that? You know, whether it's meat or alcohol, is it, is it okay to consume in my house? But if I have, you know, I, I, I can't drink alcohol. I can tell you my, my wife does not have the same issues we do, and she can consume alcohol and not have the same problems. But if we're having people over who do struggle with alcohol, we don't serve it and it's not out. If I ever reach a point where I think I need to have it out of the house, I can freely say, hey, I think we need to get it out of the house. That's good. You know, So within that context, if I look at that, well, what does that look like? Loving others well outside of my house mm-hmm. and with the circles that I, I'm in. And it, it's the same context, right? It's how do I be of service to others to help point them to Christ? and not be the stumbling block. And I think that goes true for pastors. I'm not going to tell anybody that alcohol's wrong. I mean, it's, do you personally, can you handle it or not? Right. Some of us can, some of us can't. But whether it's alcohol or anything else, it's does it cause, does that thing cause somebody to stumble? Well, then I need to be praying about, well, God, what, what should I do? What's my right behavior?
1: Yeah. And I, I think the Lord gives us, some direction on alcohol in Proverbs chapter 23. I recommend not only for our pastors and church leaders to read it, pray it and meditate on it, but also for the listeners and certainly those who are struggling with alcoholism. I'm going to read a few verses out of Proverbs 23. Proverbs 23 Verses 19 and 20. A wise person will not be among the drinkers of alcoholic beverages. Proverbs verse number 21 out of chapter 23. Drunkenness causes poverty. Verses 29 and 30 out of Proverbs 23. Drinking causes woe, sorrow, fighting, babbling wounds without cause and red eyes. And I think Scott, you and I've I both experienced, Hey, <laughs> raising my right hand guys. I it, it gave me all of those and more Proverbs chapter 23, verse 31. God instructs not to look at intoxicating drinks. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 32. Alcoholic drinks bite like a serpent and stings like an adder. Wow. And I got to end with this. Proverbs chapter 23, verse number 33, alcohol causes the drinker to have strange, adulterous thoughts and produces willfulness and prevents reformation.
2: Well, and I think along those lines, um, you know, from what you and I know, Right. Enough of the substance with whether it's alcohol or it's another drug of choice, right. It lowers your inhibitions yes, and things you might not have done before you're a little more willing to do because you don't think there's going to be consequences or it's going to hurt anybody else. Right. You know, or right. it's fun or everybody else is doing it. Um, I was, while you were reading that last scripture, I was thinking Muhammad Ali, it, you know, it'll make you float like a butterfly for a little while, but then it's going to sting you. Like it's going to
1: sting like a bee. And he, <laughs> I, th- I think we consume, and I'm going to go here because the Lord spoke to me a lot about this purpose. You know, small word, big thing, right? Mm-hmm. When I didn't understand the purpose of alcohol, I abused it. When I didn't understand my purpose, I abused myself through alcohol and other bad habits and addictions. And where purpose is not understood, abuse is inevitable. I'm going to say that again, where purpose is not understood and clear. Abuse is inevitable, right? When we don't understand the purpose of something. We abuse it. Abuse is really abnormal yeah,
2: I use. I agree. I mean, I, I think that's a, it's a, it's a great comment, right? Because if the purpose with which I'm choosing to use alcohol is to change the way I feel yes, versus it goes well with the dinner that I'm having yes. and adds to the flavor and to the experience of that. Well, those are two different things.
1: Yes. Yes. Right. And, and, um, and I don't want to cut you off, but I don't want to lose this. The Lord just says to me, man looks at the outer appearance. God looks at the heart motives. Mm-hmm. What's the motive? Am I choosing this drink because it's going to make me feel better. It's going to make me forget my problems. It's going to comfort me. Well, we have a comforter. Mm-hmm. Those of us who belong to Christ, the comforter is inside you, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And I think when we look at anything to meet our needs other than what God has given to us the Holy Spirit, the Father, the Son, Christ then our motives are wrong.
2: And, and we all struggle with that to some degree or another. Yeah. Um, you know, it just some of those things aren't necessarily going to kill us like a substance would. Mm. And. You know, and I think, you know, we, we were talking about pastors. I can't imagine the pressure of leading a congregation and the responsibility that goes with and all the things you hear and experience. And, and when you're dealing with a lot of humans and we're all broken, right? And yeah. we all have our, our hurts and our hangups. Yes. You know, and pastors get to hear all that and see all that. And I think it's important as believers that, you know, not putting them up on a pedestal, yeah. you know, I grew up is recognizing they're human too. And and they need people to talk to and they need people to seek counsel from who aren't going to judge them, but talk through the issues. Right. And I think it's important to talk about uh, addiction and mental health and how do you, what does that framework look like in the context of faith and how you love your congregation? Well, Mm -hmm. Uh, but also to remember to lift them up in prayer because they do have a very difficult job without a lot of things.
1: Yeah. I I look at, Us as a church and those who love the Lord is courageous conversations Mm -hmm. around practical application of the Bible. When I look at us as a whole, I believe we have a lot of head knowledge, but we forget to take that head knowledge embedded in our hearts. And once it gets in our heart, It changes our motives, our desires, right? We bring desires and lust and our enemy, Satan, brings the enticement, right? Mm -hmm. If you look in Proverbs, it talks about, as we just read, don't look at intoxicating drink, right? Being someone who recovered from alcoholism, when I see those beers, those ice cold beers that they put on the TV and the glasses of wine, I can't stare at those too long. Right. Bible warns you against that. Right.
2: My mouth starts watering.
1: Yeah. It's like in your subconscious, right? It's like hidden play and it comes up the desire for it. So we need to, again, don't judge the people who are suffering, whether it be pastors or, or alcoholics within your congregation is, Love. We we need to love them, but we have to talk about yeah. and address address these issues because for too long, certain dirty sins are are just not talked about, and you don't really find help with with them well, uh, and, within and, the church.
2: And uh, you know, and I think it's especially when it it comes to addiction uh, and, and mental health issues are always tied to that whether it's alcohol you know, addiction induced or it's a dual diagnosis situation, but it can look messy and dirty and it can be difficult, mm-hmm. right? It's not an easy journey to help somebody get to the other side and it requires effort and it requires love and it requires grace. It doesn't get solved in a 30 minute sermon, just like, you know, it's not a sitcom where the, everything is happy at the end of a 30 minute sitcom, right? It takes time and sometimes it takes relapses and it takes effort and, it t- and there's a lot of pain but there can also be a lot of healing and a lot of redemption that comes through walking through that. Um, you know, I was reminded, you know, one of the things I was reminded about when you were talking is there's a, a music is kind of like air to me and, and, and I find inspiration in a lot of different places, but there's a line in a Kisney Chesney song that always stuck out to me. It was about, you know, my favorite sin's going to be the one that does me in.
1: Yeah. Mm. You know,
2: I, I liked covering up the way I felt with alcohol because the way it, it made me feel better for a period of time to all of a sudden, yeah. That was the only answer and solution I had and it did me in. Yeah. And it was gonna take me all the way to the end. If I didn't get help and I didn't reach out ultimately to God to help guide me through and heal me. Yeah. With the help of doctors and counselors in a twelve step program. But Christ was at the center of that, of cleaning house.
1: You and, know. And the the when I look at pastors, right, and you talked about how you viewed them being on a pedestal. I think I, I viewed them that way as well. And one of the things that I see a lot of today and I've raised my hand, I was a part of this is what I will call pastor abuse. All the way we project on them, right? That they've got to be perfect. They've got all the answers. They've got it all together. That's not true. And when They do have an issue. They need accountability, but they need safe places to get things out of their closet that they're dealing with. And I think too many times the life of a pastor, and I had one say this to me that it's lonely because of what I call pastor uh, abuse, right? Being projected upon that they've got to be be have everything together and i think they need safe places where they can go and really just unload and talk to somebody right Mm -hmm. about what they're going through
2: well and and i think it's a great comment i mean you you were sharing me with me that you spoke at at a conference recently with a lot of pastors and and you know the outcome of that you were surprised at the number of of pastors that were coming up to you, man, I struggle with I struggle with alcohol. You know, they probably didn't, you know, it, it, it is a lonely place. Who do I go talk to? Am I going to go talk to my deacons or my elders? Yeah. You know, what, what is that going to tell them? What happens then? How do I get help knowing I'm struggling with something? Mm-hmm. We all face that. I don't care what our profession was. We, who are we going to go to, to get help? Because I don't look as strong and as inpe- independent as I thought I was. I'm broken yeah. and I need help. Yeah. And that's got to be even harder when you're sitting in the place of authority as a pastor. Of I need help. Yeah, you know. I and I, you know, there's a pastor that, uh, that really helped me. You know, and he he doesn't know it, although I've reached out to him to, to email him. But Louis Giglio had come out with the book, um, uh, the Comeback, mm-hmm. and he wrote that coming out of a place of dealing with depression and diagnosed depression depression and needing counseling and medication to get him through that hurdle. And as he got through that, that point in his life, mm-hmm. looking back saying, I need to share this story so I can help others. I mean, I, I admired that from a visible pastor going, Hey, I struggled right. with depression and I got help. and It's okay. Yeah. Whether it's depression, it's other mental health aspects, it's addiction, right? You can come back from this stuff and getting help is okay. Yeah. I I, I think the... that's hard for pastors to do.
1: I, and the word that comes to mind is transparency, mm-hmm. transparency, the level of transparency that we give in the world today has this diminished significantly, right? Whether it be pastors or ourselves, we got this social media age of when you look at a person's life, I go to some of my friends, Instagram and Facebook and I'm sitting there saying after about five minutes, why does my life suck? right? Because every they got perfect family, perfect house. They're eating the perfect food. And I'm, I, I remember saying to myself, Lord, I'm not living. Well, I wonder what goes My on. My life doesn't look that easy. Right. <laughs> I, I, I wonder what goes on when the camera stops rolling. Yeah. Wonder what goes on in that nice house when it's not posted on Instagram, what, what right?
2: Where all the, the yelling and the tears and the, you better do this and you better smile it went into before that photo was taken you know versus uh was it really a, a candid photo yeah well uh,
1: i we i have learned that our enemy loves to work in the darkness and a part of keeping things in the darkness is you're not being transparent and when i find myself struggling with something and you've seen me do it with you i've done it with our producer Miss Vicky is when I'm struggling with something or habit or issue, I'm going to give it to you. I drop it in your lap. <laughs> Sometimes wanted and unwanted. But you know what I learned is when I can get that out into the light, it's amazing how the healing and the recovery from my issue, my mistake, the thing that I did that the enemy knows about that, if I don't get it into yeah. the light, he's going to continue to needle well, it- me about it.
2: And I think that's one of the gifts of sobriety that both you and I have received is once we got that into the light, we could get help and we could also get accountability and people that could walk with us through that. Yes. And and it's, you know, I, I'm not going to say I'm perfect at it because I know I'm not, but I've gotten more comfortable with it yeah, and know that how important it is in all aspects of my life. Yes. You know, and, and even my wife at times, which is, is a new word to say as of what, three weeks ago. I know. Congratulations. Um, God bless you. Thanks. But, you know, it's the, you know, she challenges me at times of, but well, why are you posting that? Mm-hmm. Why are you writing about that? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, is it, is it my pride and my ego or mm-hmm. is it trying to be transparent and authentic? Mm-hmm. You know, am I looking for praise? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a, it's a difficult road. It's not always easy and I don't always notice it. And sometimes I need those around me to help point it out. Yeah. But also it's the, I know that when I am struggling with something, I can go to those same people and go, man, I'm really struggling today. Here's what it is. I can just put it on the table. And it can be messy and it can be ugly. Mm -hmm. But they know my heart. And they know I'm trying to get better at whatever that issue is Mm -hmm. to become a better version of myself that God wants for me. And it's not always pretty.
1: No. And we have to be okay with the fact that even if you are a pastor, church leader, man of God, God's still working on us and that we haven't been perfected yet. But a part of this is we love our pastors and we're just warning you with grace. Don't be mastered by anything, especially alcohol. And the enemy uses it as a crack and it becomes a gateway to other addictions, other sins, You are just more likely to fall into sin Mm -hmm. when you're consuming alcohol. Mm -hmm. Bible talks about it, about drunkenness. Anyone who was over consuming alcohol, what was the consequences in the Bible? Something bad happened, whether it was Noah, every time the King, right? And if you go on in Proverbs, it talks about priests shouldn't consume alcohol, right? And I'm not, telling you one way or another. Scott and I are never going to have a drink again. But what we are telling you to too many times we think about the reward of something.
2: Well, and I think there's also um in how it, it it what do you do personally but also how do you extend grace to those that are suffering or struggling with those types of choices within your congregation or your sphere of influence in your ministry? And yeah, I can remember when I got my one year chip, my sister and her husband came up and went to the meeting. And my sister's comment was, Wow, I understand why you like going to those meetings. That felt more like church to me than church does. Yeah. Because everybody there accepted everybody unconditionally and loved each other unconditionally and wasn't judging. Yeah. How many people can walk in and tell those stories in a church and feel safe?
1: Well, I, not very many churches that I have seen. And I remember telling my testimony to uh, a pastor and he said, wow, man, I could never do some of those things you did. And I was sitting there saying, that's probably not the response that I was going to get. Now, he came back later and apologized. I'm sure the spirit convicted him of that. But I want to go back to something I said earlier. This is we weigh the rewards and the benefits of an action. We do that well. What we don't do well is if I take this drink or if I go do this thing or if I watch this point, what's the consequences of that? Mm-hmm. What are the consequences of that? Right. And I think as our pastors and those who are in-church leadership have this decision to make, am I going to drink alcohol or am I not? What's the consequences of that, of that particular behavior? And that is one of the things that I never did when I was drinking is what are the consequences
2: to Or I've often heard the rooms of AA, hey, play that tape forward. Play that tape end? forward. And
1: we will play that tape just a little bit more <laughs> on the other side. We'll be right back.
0: We'll be back with more of From Beer to the Bible, right here on The Word, 100.7 FM. Finding addiction help is intensely personal, and the differences in options may not be immediately clear. Hampton Ministries was founded with the intent to provide people struggling with substance and behavioral issues with guidance to find the best environment for their well-being and recovery. Our main focus is to help those who use drugs and alcohol to break free and learn to cope with life circumstances. Hampton Ministries provides a rehab welcome kit to provide crucial resources to make their journey a success. Utilizing Lonnie Hampton's principles of character, work ethic, and selflessness, Participants learn to hold themselves accountable. We want to help each individual obtain the life skills necessary to live a happy, successful, sober life. If you or a loved one is wrestling with substance abuse and needs help finding treatment or to donate, please visit HamptonMinistries.org. That's HamptonMinistries.org. Welcome back to From Beer to the Bible. Here's your host, Irvin Lee.
1: Welcome back. Irvin Lee, your host of From Beer to the Bible. We want to wrap up today's show by showing all of our pastors and church leaders and elders that we love you. That we understand the challenges that you face as it deals with the issue of should I drink or should I not drink? What we want to do is just tell you what the word says and give you our personal experiences. And I hope we've done that we're praying for you and we're asking the Holy Spirit to give you divine guidance and direction on your decision to consume or not consume alcohol Scott you want to add something
2: yeah I just uh, I, I agree with with all you said and I just have just thinking back to my journey and you know one of the, the the people that was most critical in my journey was my pastor at the time Tom Palmer at the Methodist Church in Capel and he extended me that love and grace and he knew the whole story Mm-hmm. And he had seen the the downfall and then saw me come through the other side of it. And I'm grateful to have had a pastor during that part of my journey that could wrap his arms around me and love me. Yeah. Uh, and I'm grateful for what pastors do, and it's a tough job. And and uh, I know I couldn't do it. Um, and I'm certainly grateful for him. And and I uh, I hope that we can all be there to love and support him because I need it.
1: Yes, and I I'm going to end with this. People know that I sell alcohol. I was an abuser of alcohol. Alcohol was what the enemy tried to use to destroy me. The Lord has used it and blessed us with this wonderful platform to warn those based upon our past experiences about the disasters that can come upon you by abusing alcohol and drugs. So my warning to you is this, as the guy who has been abused by alcohol, as the guy who sells alcohol, I would refrain from it, but if you must, please consume it responsibly and may the God of all grace give you grace in whatever you decide as it relates to alcohol. And don't forget, the love, I love you, the faith is in Christ Jesus, and the hope is found in the Lord our God. May God
0: always richly bless you. Thank you for listening to From Beer to the Bible with host Irvin Lee. To learn more, visit frombeardtothebible.com. There you can catch past episode podcasts and find other resources. That's FrombeertotheBible.com.